long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I'm Matt Hunsworth, and this is my Star Wars story. In 1977, the world changed. The film industry was transformed. The popular culture rocked. And young minds forever altered. Star Wars arrived. And nothing would ever be the same again. Though everyone wasn't affected in the same way, everyone was affected. This is my Star Wars story. First time I had heard about it was during the summer of its release. It hadn't quite made it to our town yet, but best I can recall, I had gone to my mother's friend's house, who I, I had grown up with their sons. They're, we used to call them cousins. It wasn't until later in life I didn't realize they are actually blood cousins. But I went to their house like I would at least once a week, and they were playing with the toys. The, not the early bird set, but just toys that had made it to the shelves. And I remember... I don't know why I know for sure one was an Obi-Wan Kenobi figure. And I'm pretty sure the other ones were Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, and a Stormtrooper. And this is the first time I'd ever seen them. And they had explained to me what they were, but I still didn't really get exactly what they're talking about because I hadn't seen the movie yet or much about it. But I thought the toys were really cool, especially the lightsaber ones, particularly the, the Ben Kenobi one sticks out. I had never seen toys like that. So my first exposure was getting my hands on a set of toys and playing with them, even before really understanding what the movie was. I was, at the time, six years old. I want to explore this this whole thing a little bit. So you, you laid your hands on these toys, mm -hmm. and, I mean, what happened after that? Did this, did this set you on fire, or was there was there more to come? Oh, there was more to come, but this... this this definitely started the fire because I had now I wanted my own set. They had kept the card backs. So I was looking at the card backs and I saw everything that was available. I saw C3PR 2D2. I think the sand people were on the back of this card. So I wanted the toys. Sooner than later, the movie caught up to me and found out what that was. And but I still hadn't seen it. That's I don't know if this is going to answer a, a future question or not. We had I had not seen the movie till close to a year after it come out. So still, even though I knew the movie existed, by this point, I'd certainly seen commercials and heard a ton of my friends talking about it. Still, I am learning mostly about this movie from the toys and the what I could get out of my friends and still hadn't seen the movie yet. It was all all toys. Now, what I was... I'm sorry to go back to That's the, the question you said before. What was, what was my thing before this? Well, it was always sci-fi, always kind of any kind of adventure or action. The toys I had in my hands before this were the $6 million man set with the rocket ship that opened. I had the uh, Super Friends toys and just general action space sci-fi toys are the things I always gravitated to. So Star Wars was definitely custom, seemed to be custom made for everything I was enjoying up until that point. It seemed to come right along and put in everything that I had been growing up with and enjoying when it finally did come around and oddly enough what hooked me were the toys because they combined all the things i liked about all the other toys i've been playing with up until that point now when you first saw it obviously you waited a while before you saw it was it a, an issue of 
it had not come to your town yet? Or was it an issue of it came and went and you didn't know it because at the time you didn't know anything about it? No, it was, this is, I get, I get a, a large portion of uh, my personality from this, from directly from my parents and my, my father in particular. They just, when they, they had understood the phenomena of Star Wars well before I had even really bugged them to see the movie. And they had just seen all the news and amounts of crowds and people lining up to see the theater. And they are not crowd type of people. And I have inherited that from them. I don't like being in large crowds for large amounts of time. Particularly, I'm not going to wait in line to get to something, which is on a little bit outside of Star Wars has cost me a tremendous amount of money at theme parks because I end up having to get the fast pass for everything. <laughs> um, so it wasn't... It, it, we just... My parents were not going to take me until the crowds died down. And the better part of a year, I'm going to say around somewhere around the 10-month mark, they finally took me to see it and and funny enough they were still worried there was going to be a crowd so we had gotten there an hour early well there was no crowd so we had gotten the tickets i knew i understood that we had the tickets i knew we could see the movie but i could not understand why we're still waiting outside this building i want to see this movie now but eventually we saw it with only about 30 other people which is hard to imagine in 1977 but it was almost a year later finally got to see the movie and just the, the the rabid fandom in me just shot through the roof at that point. Where were you when you first saw it? We were in... Now, I grew up outside a... Well, in the Philadelphia area, actually in the Bucks County area. So we had gone to a theater in King of Prussia because it was the closest one that was still playing it, which is about an hour drive from where we lived. So it was in the Philadelphia area, specifically at a theater in King of Prussia. I don't recall the theater's name, but I know it was in that town. What what kind of theater was it? Was it uh, twin? Was it something you'd been to before? Was no, it uh... had never been to it because this was the only one, like I said, closest one that was playing it, and it's one of those things that we all I think had experienced in that timeline. It was a used to be a big, grand theater that had been split in two at this point, and I don't know it was on the other screen, but one of the screens were was Star Wars. Now, do you have any recollection of the actual screening? Do you have any recall of when you first saw the film? Absolutely. Yes. I remember, uh, I remember much of that vividly. I remember out waiting outside the theater. I remember standing by the poster and just to try to make time pass studying every single detail of that poster. I remember going in, I remember we, I had, we had gotten some popcorn and some licorice, maybe Twizzlers. I don't remember the brand. I don't think that is the strong strongest memory but i remember sitting down seeing that movie and just it, i remember it going by so fast for me which is one of the very first times i ever experienced or began to understand the phrase time flies because once that star destroyer came on screen it was just time just flew by and next thing the credits were up and i was excited about the movie but just I, I couldn't wait to I had to see this again or, or learn more about it so it just yeah like I said just my fandom just went off the off the scale at that point what was your reaction when you walked out of the theater it was I had to get I am still not to this day a, a big collector I never had to be a completist but I want to know everything I can about it so I walked out of there wanting to know what happens next or what had happened 
somewhat before, and I wanted to fill in a lot of gaps of the story. I wanted to know more about it. Now, the toys, obviously, were going to help me make up my own stories, and they, they did. It spurred a lot of creativity, much of it uh, from a six, seven-year-old boy, way incorrect and way out there. But uh, the thing I left there with was I want to know what happens next. I need to know what happens next. And how did you pursue that? Just talk, just, and <laughs> here we are over 30, almost 40 years later, you and I having a similar conversation, just talking <laughs> with friends about what do you think? I think this is going to happen. I think this happened. It was all, there's no such thing in my world at the time as fan fiction. It was all conversations and speculation and still to this day, to a very large extent doing that. Now, how, how did your friends respond to it? Yeah, obviously you had friends you played on the playground or, or at, the, at the house at school whatever how did they respond to it the ones that i were good friends that stuck i stuck with through all of elementary school and whatnot they were largely the same way there some of their interest peaked with other things like there were some collectors already at that age where they they were happy to discuss what may have happened or discuss the story they were also on the lookout for all the all the toys we almost almost had like a core group and I hadn't really thought of this till this conversation. You almost had a core group of people who we enjoyed doing it together, but we had our own thing. Mine was the story. I had another friend who was a collector, and I had one who drew every single thing he could think of or see or sketch. So we had a kind of our little core group with their own little focus. Now, in this era, you are suddenly surrounded by merchandise. It's everywhere. What made an item stand out for you? What was it that it had to have that, to make it catch your eye? It had to be, at the time, it had to be something from the movie. I was always a little put off, not not mad or upset. Just I just It wasn't Star Wars to me. If, if I saw a trading card that took a scene that was cut from the movie, I didn't want anything to do with it. I just like, yeah, that's, that's nice, I'm, but I'm going to hold on to these because they're from the movie. It had to depict something... I could recognize directly from the movie. And that was definitely toys. I remember I had gotten notebooks of shots from the movie. There was one in particular of R2-D2 and C-3PO from the final throne room scene. There's another one of a X-Wing shooting a TIE fighter. And although that was a, I now recall it being a publicity shot, it was more movie recognizable. So for me, the only real qualification was it, had to be something directly from the movie. Let's take it back to your friends. The toys were big for you. They were, I'm assuming, big for your friends as well. Did you get together and play it? Did the, when, when you when you played Star Wars with your friends, who controlled the narrative? Because obviously there was always that one kid who said, no, no, it's supposed to be like this. Yeah. That, it was, it went back and forth, but if they're like, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. If there was always this one kid... You know, it's weird. I can picture him perfectly in my mind, but I can't think of what his name is. I think his name was Jason, but that may be a false memory. He was movie accurate. It was there was no other story to be told. Whereas uh, I, mine were probably the most out there, and otherwise we did the best with what we had. None of us had, and again, we we lived in a smaller town even though we were right outside Philadelphia. We lived in a smaller town, so we didn't necessarily get the entire collection. So no one. No one had the entire collection, so we couldn't do everything from the movie. So we did the best we could, unless this kid was involved. Like I said, I think Jason, he was involved. It was 
movie or nothing. So, <laughs> Now, did you ever find yourself, obviously you had a group of friends who, who were passionate about Star Wars, but not everybody would be kids pick on kids. Did you ever find yourself picked on for your Star Wars fandom? No, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That was, um, we, every, apart from the, oh, the older we got, especially in the Empire and definitely in the, the Jedi years, we had all gotten the, I was going to say ribbing, but it was more than that. Unless you were, we also got into the, we're getting to the middle school clicks and whatnot. So that was a hard enough time. And if you were a playing with toys, even if you weren't playing with them, even just collecting them, yeah, you were a target. We had that. I think everyone, everyone our age had gone through that or was a huge fan of it has gone through that to some degree. That seems pretty common. And yeah, my life and my friends were no exception. The, the bullying I took was more that would they'd make the playing with toys common or playing with dolls was another one we'd all get and that was that was about the long and short of it so yeah never real never it never became violent luckily I know that's not the case for everyone no but it, I've never been directly threatened I was always made fun of not threatened definitely not 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 violent not physical so yeah just the typical name calling and teasing. What kind of merchandise? We know you like the toys. What kind of merchandise did you prefer in the overall? It it was probably the toys. If I had to pinpoint something in the toys, I would say the vehicles because that gave a new level of storytelling and creativity. You could, I mean, you saw the land speeder, and even on the box, there was Obi Wan, Luke, C three PO, and R two D two were set on the cover. Well, I had the land speeder, and I'm gonna put Greedo into it, and <laughs> I'm gonna Tuscan Raider is gonna be hanging on the back their drag race i don't know whatever they were doing so the vehicles gave me a new setting to kind of play with and get creative with what was the first thing you got merchandise wise first one was an action figure and it was the r2d2 because i wanted to take it to my friend's house they did they had no i know they didn't have the droids i'm not entirely sure about the three i had named apart from obi-wan that being the fourth but i knew they didn't have droids and they and C-3PO still looked humanoid, and I, again, didn't know the characters for sure. They didn't have any... Uh, uh, it's funny, I'm using the word droids, but I probably called them robots because I didn't know the term droids, so I'll say robots. I know they didn't have any robots, and I handpicked R2-D2 off the peg to take there to be different and give us something new to play with. <laughs> Not exactly something that would drive your narrative, though. Yeah, that's <laughs> true, yeah. Uh, oddly enough, you know, now that time's passed and the entire saga's been told, you could argue that he does lead most of the story if you really wanted to get a creative, but no, no certainly no, you're not right. back then. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. But yeah, with kids playing, he's not the he's not the sexiest character in the, yeah, in the bunch. Yeah. <laughs> um, now let's talk sequels. Let's talk about Star Wars. You've gone crazy for it. You've got the toys, and all of a sudden you hear, wait a minute, there's going to be another one? Yep. Where did, oh, where did yeah. you first hear about it? Where did you first hear the title what did, what was your initial reaction this was I, I don't remember what movie we saw but I remember seeing the trailer for it and that's when I I didn't in this it was I walked out a little confused because it's like these are Star Wars characters that's Luke that's Darth Vader but they're calling it the Empire Strikes Back it's not called Star Wars 2 because everything was 2 so I was a little confused at first and then I think my mother actually confirmed it for me saying yes that's a that's a new star wars movie they're just they're calling it the empire strikes back and then later once the ads and whatnot came out the star wars was on the top and bottom of the logo but excited and then confused and then extremely excited <laughs> talk to me about counting down to this movie coming out this i was 
if I had taken the lesson of Star Wars, I'd kind of be just throwing a dart at a calendar of when I gonna when I was gonna see the movie. But I knew we had spent. My sister and I would go to my aunt's house in. She lived in a rural area of Pennsylvania, but for some reason they always had the first run movies. I, I, that's like I guess the only thing to do is their movie theater. We knew that we were because we were told we were going to be there the week that empire had was coming out and we were all but sure the movie was going to be there and my aunt is the complete opposite of my parents where she will stand in line all day for us to make sure we have a good time so we knew we we're going to see the movie so it was a countdown it just wasn't a countdown to when could i possibly take ask my parents to see this i knew i was going to see it sometime that first week so yeah i mean i was probably except except for counting down the days of christmas for the first time in my life actually marking things off a calendar to when i was going to see this movie so star wars was bigger than your aversion to lines and crowds at this point oh yeah oh that i didn't really understand my parents aversions to crowds until later in my life i don't know what gene kicked in at like 35 where i started not liking crowds but i didn't have a problem with them until 35 and i certainly didn't have a problem with them for when i was a kid especially when i wanted something so you went to this rural town with your aunt. Tell me a little bit about the theater. Tell me a little bit about the day you went to see The Empire Strikes Back. This was a, of, of this whole rural area, this was like a brand new mall. I don't remember the name of it, but I remember it took a long time to get to. And the mall was big and the theater, I think, had five screens, which was, for me, huge because everything else was two or three around our, our place. So it wasn't opening weekend for sure, but it was probably within... I'm going to say two weeks of it opening. It was definitely a lot shorter than the wait for Star Wars. <laughs> but we I remember going with my cousin and my aunt. And yeah, my sister would have been, she would have been born. She may or may not have been on that trip. She definitely was with us for Jedi because I know she was there. But yeah, we had gone and went right on time and right in the theater and saw the movie and complete. 180 experience from my weight of Star Wars. <laughs> now, what do you mean? Oh, that we didn't just, go just in a, not having to wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, not having to wait, not having, not getting there an hour early, not wasting any time. <laughs> we just, I mean, we we went there, got the tickets, and went right in. There was there wasn't any waiting as opposed to Star Wars, which was all waiting and from every step. <laughs> now you go see this film. It's it's a very different experience from Star Wars, including ending with a gigantic cliffhanger. Yep. What is your reaction here? No way. There's no way that is true. <laughs> it was much on Luke's side. And that was, again, much like the Star leaving Star Wars went right to my friend saying, How, this, there's no way this, this can be. Have you heard anything? Is Have you read anything? Is this true? And not, you know, knowing that, still not fathoming or quite getting the idea that I'm going to have to wait three years for this answer. I knew the I. My mind said the answer had to be out there somewhere, and I don't know why I thought my friends knew the answer, but I would pester everybody for like that first month saying, you, you must have seen something. <laughs> Tell me. I don't know. I need to know this isn't true. It, it wasn't in your head that, hey, we're going to have a long wait for another movie. Did you? I mean, you understood there was going to be another movie. Yes. Yes. I, I think I thought at this point that this was going to happen all the time. Like every few years, there was going to be a Star Wars. It just seemed like that kind of story. Yeah. that we, we should be getting them. And arguably, I think we still, in a sense, should. But at the time, I was like, there was no doubt in my mind this was going to go on forever. I, when the third movie 
and I'm sure you'll we'll be getting into that conversation. When the third movie came and went, that that threw me for a little bit of a loop. I wasn't expecting such a finality to it. Yeah. Uh, now you go see Empire Strikes Back. It opens up. It says Episode Five. Did that register with you at all? You know that I never even realized that until way way later like we're talking videotape age that that even said that i, I mean i'm sure i read it I, I could not have not seen it it just never registered as anything to me until way later in life empire finishes and where does your fandom go over the next few years it is a little different because i'm getting a little older i'm still buying toys still creating stories but not playing with them as much as I was with the Star Wars toys. I'm still playing with them. Now, my, my sister and my cousin in that we had gone to see, they are a little younger than me, so those were the... I would be playing more with them than with, with my friends. My friends and I would now be doing different things. Uh, we were... This is the... It was... Now we're coming... We're in the 80s. This was the golden age of soccer league, so we're all playing soccer. Um... <laughs> basketball whatnot we're doing things outside a little more active but then i'm playing with my sister and my cousin with the toys more than with my friends but i still i'm looking at the toys and thinking of what is this story what story can i do with that so the creativity never left but the playing started to slow down a little bit did your passion for star wars die down at any point in this in this run it's i wouldn't say died down but it, it certainly slowed down i mean there was that that while the movie was out and as more of my friends would see it and, and my parents would eventually go see it and take me again, I could have a little bit of a discussion with them about it. It would, it, then it was like, it was all Star Wars all the time. But then as the movie kind of faded out by the end of the year or, or a year later, I'd still think about it. New toys would still be on the shelves, but it would be, it never died out, but it would be a lot lower of a priority or a lot less frequent in my mind than while the movie was running. All right, the, the machinery starts to build up for Return of the Jedi. What's mm -hmm. going through your head here? That, again, that could not wait to see that. And now we had gone, we had saw it at my aunt's house, or not at her house, but at my aunt's again. Now, she we had gone a little later. Our week up there was a little later this year, and she had already taken my cousin. And my cousin is now at the age I was at, at Empire, maybe a little older, and he cannot keep his mouth shut about the movie and I'm trying not to listen to him and luckily as much as I wanted to know now that another three years had passed I knew that I wanted to find out from the movie the answer to the cliffhanger of Empire luckily that's the one thing he didn't blurt out although I think he blurted <laughs> out every other detail of, before I went into that movie but luckily the what was on the screen was much better than what I had imagined, so it didn't really ruin anything. <laughs> Did you? You didn't. So you didn't have it spoiled for you. A lot of people got a hold of adaptations before it came out, particularly that. And I know Time Magazine's review of it the week previous also contained a lot of spoiler information, even though we didn't call them that back then. Right. Uh, none of that really got to you before you saw the film. Uh, I think I probably heard things here and there, but uh, by then I was like, I'm not going to really put much stock into it until i see it for myself i think now return of the jedi comes out you go see it tonally a very different film from the previous film does that does that affect you in any way and then and it's kind of a two-part question and then of course you get a very final type of ending that i like you i did not see coming either and 
until I got a hold of the adaptation first. Um, <laughs> did how how did you react to all of that? Well, I didn't really notice the tonality difference because it was new Star Wars and I had waited three years and there was nothing in between, really. I mean, there was, I mean, there were some, some things. The comic, the comics were, were going, but there was no movie and no TV show. So the first viewing of it was, I didn't notice any difference and I was just enjoying it as it was going. Now, the second part of the question, that kind of the, when the music starts and the kind of visual setup to end the movie yeah that kind of was like uh that 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 was a little saddening i wasn't gonna say i was gonna say heart-wrenching that's a little too extreme but it, it was a little <laughs> sad that that felt like the end and i really wanted more i've wanted more since it started but i'm a little older and now interests have changed so while it was said as i'm watching it when i walked out of the movie it's kind of like well that was that was great and now it's time to move on and i kind of just i wouldn't say dismissed it but i let it i let it go that's a way to put it i never thought of that before i just kind of let it go it was the end and that was the end so it's it it is what it is and it's time to let it go so i kind of not only was the story final but my story at that point for a long time was pretty much done so things that followed up afterwards ewok adventures uh saturday morning cartoons you really weren't on board for any of that at that point no i hadn't seen any of that okay well that's uh that answers that question for me oh, okay. <laughs> now one of my questions was was there a period where your fandom cooled and i guess it was right after right after yeah. jedi yeah and it wasn't as a uh a uh, monumentous a monumental thing as it as my young if i had if this had happened at empire it would have been much more life changing that sounds really extreme but it would have affected nope. me a lot more i i guess i was just just old enough to understand that things stories had to be told and had to be told an end and i let it i let the ending be told it's very strange. So you moved on from Star Wars, but you spent a lot of your time being a fan of something. What what filled that void? Oh, just about. I, I would I I never had the feverish fandom that I had for Star Wars. Like next oh, next generation was well after that. But anything that came through sci fi, uh, Batman kind of tried to usher in a new story, telling a new avenue for superheroes and i would be on board for it and would come and go and i would enjoy it while i was there but i never had i, I didn't really buy merchandise i didn't follow every detail of what was coming and then what happened after it was never star wars again i enjoyed everything in that genre that came and then went but never followed it the way i did star wars now Star Wars, for you, goes into hibernation. For a lot of people, it went into hibernation shortly after Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. uh, when do you start getting interested again? This was... When was this? This was probably when I was in my 20s, 21 or 22, which would have brought us... I guess midnight. This is... I don't... Man, I'm not sure of the year, but I'm going to say probably early 90s because it had to be like five or six years before the special editions came out. I had gone to a, a friend's house 
and we were looking for something to do. And he said, well, let's watch a movie. And he opened up the cabinet that has movies in it. And there are the three Star Wars movies. It was, I hadn't even bought them. They had been available for a long time, but that chapter was already closed. I was like, oh, let's watch, uh, I, let's watch Empire Strikes Back. And seeing it kind of for the first time as a bordering on adult, just relit everything and then some. I said, I don't know if you're planning to sleep, but I'm going to stick Star Wars in, watch Empire again, and watch Jedi. And we watched, <laughs> we watched them all. So basically we watched four movies till sunrise, and that was the beginning of where I am now. That was the rekindling of it. It was just, it was seeing it through a new set of eyes, but yet the familiarity and the memory of how much I loved it as a kid, it was a really unique experience that I was lucky enough to have grown up with and be able to experience again later in life. And it just, it's, it's all just grown from that night. I'll, I'll tell you what's interesting is time frame wise, you're right around the same place, but a lot of people point to heir to the empire again. Oh, okay. When you would have been around 21 or so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's not, that wasn't your touchstone for this. No, it wasn't. Although it's funny that Air of the Empire did come out very shortly after that. And since I had loved Star Wars again, I bought it immediately. Had I not watched Star Wars again, I probably would have went, oh, that's kind of neat. They're still doing that and probably would have just kept walking. <laughs> so what happens after this? You leave this place. You don't have any Star Wars movies. You're, you know, you're the guy who put Star Wars away, but yet you're awakened now back into Star Wars. What's the next move? What do you do next? I start writing. I am up burning the midnight oil. I am now in my last years of college and, and working myself through most of it. I would come home from an incredibly long day and should be sleeping, but I am firing up the used computer I had bought from, I don't even know where, I think from the school or work, and just feverishly typing. I am writing the next Star Wars story, not quite knowing that Air of the Empire is on its way yet. <laughs> I just instead of playing it's 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 almost where I left off as a kid but instead of telling the stories to the action figures I'm telling them in words. What were you writing? I was writing the sequel. It was I was taking it 3 years after Jedi just like all the other movies and just telling the kind of the empire the story of the empire regrouping themselves for one last real try at maintaining their grip on the galaxy introduced a couple new bad guys and kept with the classic good guys with one or two new ones thrown here and there that would eventually die because i'm not going to kill off my heroes <laughs> and that's i'm just right and i have the i i'm writing the new trilogy as far as i'm concerned and this is that's that was it was playing but it was with words i was i yeah. didn't have the toys i there weren't any toys to buy so this is the best way to get the story out now you're writing all of this how much how much do you write Oh, I write, I write entire novels. I'm writing hundreds of pages. I had gotten the first rough draft in like 300 pages and gave it. And then the, the friend that had, I had watched the movies with, I immediately gave it to him. And he's giving his input story. Well, I can't. I mean, my writing is terrible. I can barely string a sentence together. But the story, we're, we're enjoying working out the story. And that's, we had no real misconceptions that I was going to go any further than that, but it, it was a lot of fun to talk about new stories again. Exactly, like I said, exactly like I did when I was a kid. <laughs> and then, of course, Heir to the Empire comes out and you go, oh, okay, somebody's got this covered. Yeah, yeah, and I pick it up and read it, and it's 
it is what it is. It's not my favorite of the books, but it it I I can't not give it the credit it's due to open up an avenue for a lot of good stuff in the extended universe and a lot of people argue a lot of bad stuff and and they're right but there's a lot it did usher in the extended universe now we know what happened to that but at the time it was fun riding that wave yeah absolutely now uh, where do you go from here i mean is it uh you said you've never been much of a collector do you are you reading are you are you you know toys are in a few years going to start coming out again as well uh, where are you on all of this i'm pretty much i put down the pen and just started reading everything that came out i think everything up until courtship of princess leia and that's when i was like i don't need to read everything that comes out but <laughs> but I, i'm i'm mainly reading it because that's what i always wanted that's what i wanted since i saw star wars i want to know what the story is it might not be what i was hoping and it may not be what i agree with but at least it's a story being told so i'm i'm flying high i'm for the most part, just loving being able to read the stories. Maybe not loving the stories, but just so happy that when once I put this book down, I walked to the bookstore and there's another one I hadn't seen before. I am loving the extended universe at this point. Now, again, the toys start showing up again. Not really a lot of interest in that, or or did you check them out again? I I I got the main guys at first, like Lucan, Vader, Leia, and Chewbacca, and whatever you know, the ones you would really recognize. And then I would always check them out. If I was in a store and saw them, I would check them out. If I saw one that I wasn't expecting to see, I would grab it. Like um, Garindin. When I saw Garindin, I couldn't believe they made a Garindin action figure. In fact, I didn't <laughs> know his name. I just knew it was the the black spy guy and then saw on the package he had a name. I would buy I would buy that, like things like that every once in a while. But I wouldn't actively look for uh, wouldn't hope that there's a amount of mine and go on a hunt for it. If if I saw one I wasn't <laughs> expecting of a character I liked, I picked it up. But not to collect every single one of them again. Yeah. Uh, special editions are coming out. Yes. You first you first hear about this where? I actually had worked at a movie theater when they came out, so I heard ah. about it for a long time as they were coming. And we had when the trailer came in. We stopped everything and threw it. I was a projectionist, so we threw it on the projector and watched it over and over again to the point that it was almost like not even clean enough to put on a movie. <laughs> but we watched the heck out of it. We'd always we'd we'd pull a uh, and these are actually all these Star Wars and character co-hosts. We'd pull the scam of that we uh, call 20th Century Fox and say we're expecting a load of six posters. We haven't seen them yet. And they're like, oh, OK, well, we'll send them right out to you. So we make sure we'd all have a poster. <laughs> So we knew about it. Now, our theater, unfortunately, didn't play it because there was a a, a technical, uh, what was it, criteria in order to play this. I think it had to do with sound, and we did not have the sound system for it. So, but uh. we were able to go to one of the theaters in the chain opening weekend and go see it. And we, we actually, me, Tim, no, I'm sorry, me, Chris, and Dave ended up seeing it together without even knowing it. We had just all called in tickets that we just happened to have off and separately called in tickets, and we all, like, walked in like almost at the same time when like, oh, oh hey we're all here together so i ended up watching it with them without even really planning to so now here you are you are about to see star wars on the big screen for the first time since you were a little kid right what is going through your head before the projector fires up before the lights dim oh i am i'm looking at my watch waiting for the at the start and i the Every minute that ticks by, my heart rate is increased by at least 10 beats per minute. I am incredibly excited. I just am, I'm bursting at the seams. I just, I, I'm six again, although I know what's coming. Yeah, I just, 
I, I, I can't even get the words out because I'm almost <laughs> reliving it to a degree now. You get, you get the, the fanfare again. Yep. You get the, the opening crawl again, and then you get that Star Destroyer again. Yeah. When the, I think when the first shot comes across the screen, I am just like, there's a tingling from head to toe. And I'm like, it's one of those moments where you're, you almost feel like you're outside of your body and being, and slowly coming back in. Cause it's just, I, I couldn't believe this is happening. I never thought I was going to see this on the big screen again. And certainly not from the perspective of a way different understanding of the movie and the story. And it was incredible. Now, three weeks later, empire strikes back. Are you back in line right there again? Is it, uh, is it the same thing? This It's actually completely different. I had gotten a job in Aguadilla, Puerto Rico. So well, I was in a non-English-speaking country that was still technically part of the U.S. So we had, they had, it, they had the movie as well. We had gone to it. And me, me and the, the guy I was working with, we'd gone to it. And it was us and like five other people. And this was the opening <laughs> weekend. So, I mean, it was a nice theater, good sound system, whatnot. We watched it, but it's like, when we saw Star Wars, this was packed, and it was people yelling out. The, it was almost like a watching a Rocky Horror version of Star Wars when we first saw the first viewing of the special edition. This was, like, complete lackluster, although I loved it. The <laughs> kind of the experience was a little, eh, you know? <laughs> so how long were you down in Puerto Rico? I was there for two years. Okay, so a few weeks later, Jedi comes out, you're still there. And it's even worse because me and him go to see this movie and it's us and a woman breastfeeding her child are the only people in the theater. <laughs> well, that's awkward. It was it was interesting. Yeah, awkward is also probably the better word. But we saw, again, I saw it, loved it. and But I'm, I'm writing, this is before emails and whatnot. And Dave and I, Dave and I were very good at keeping in touch while I was out of the country. We write letters back and back and forth. And he told me, about his him and Chris's experiencing Empire and Jedi, and I'm just like, oh, I cannot believe I missed that experience. Now I love again, love seeing the movie, but the experience would have been even better. But oh well. Now, how many years did you say you were there? Two years. Two years. Okay, so you're back for Episode One. Mm-hmm. But yes. obviously, when you first hear about it, you're probably down there. Yeah, I think I was. Do you remember, I mean, do you remember when you first found out about, uh, wait a minute, they're actually going to make episode one? Yeah, I saw it on a, a news broadcast because they the cable we had was mostly New York stations. So the New York, the, when the trailer came out, I think it was Fox at Fox News. It had not Fox News, the channel, but Fox News stations broadcast had the exclusive for the trailer. And they talked about it all week. So I watched the, the I think it was the 10 o'clock edition of that news and saw the trailer the same time everybody else did. You a guy standing in line when this thing comes out of me? Are you one of those campers? No, you may or may not believe this, but Phantom Menace is the only one I've never seen in a theater. Really? Yep. Now you're yep. so excited about Star Wars again. Why does that not? Why do you not make it there? Well, um, at this point, kind of like you were talking about with Jedi, I bought the adaptation because I <laughs> didn't want it to be spoiled, and I read the adaptation, and I suddenly was in no hurry to see the movie. Now, which adaptation did you buy? The comic, the, the novel? No, the Terry Brooks novel. Okay. So, I mean, this, and it wasn't, okay, that actually sounded, I'm sorry, that, well, my my opinion of the sequel is no secret to anybody, but now that I knew the story, I was not so eager to see the movie. It wasn't because the story was bad. It's like, okay, I already know everything. I kind of ruined it for myself, so I'm in no hurry to see this. 
But so you just never made it to the theater? We tried once. We had it was um my it was the yeah, it was a week before my wedding. My best man had come down a week before and we kind of had a, a Got catching up and had fun and then the bachelor party but it was the, the first weekend he was here i told him i hadn't seen it. it's like oh you got to see it and we had gotten tickets to see it him i him and i and his son and his son had ended up getting really really sick i think he'd eaten something <laughs> something bad or whatnot and we just we got our tickets refunded and went back to the house and i just that was the only time i even ever tried and then by then i had gotten married the wedding the honeymoon and the new marriage life and as much as I and we did have Han Solo and Princess Leia on our wedding cake, so Star Wars <laughs> was even part of my wedding. But we it, running out to see that movie was not a priority for the first year of marriage by any means. Uh, episode two is getting ready to come out. Obviously, you didn't make it to see episode one. You're not necessarily completely enchanted with everything that happened. You've heard a lot of people say bad things about episode one. When episode two is coming out, are you tempered a little bit for this? No, um, well, I guess I had seen episode one on DVD by this point, and, and not certainly not my favorite. Disappointed to an extent, as anyone that's heard me on other Star Wars shows knows. Uh, but by the time Attack of the Clones came out, it, 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 it's hard. I see a commercial or a trailer or whatnot, even though I had maybe arguably one bad experience, I'm still excited. It's new Star Wars, and that's what is always... I've always wanted, I've said that several times now, but it's always, I always want more of the story mm -hmm. and I, I got excited for it. I am whispering. Uh, I remember the first shot of Django Fett shooting up in the air. I whispered to my wife, I go, that might be Boba Fett. And she whispers back. I don't care. I'm like, okay, sorry. <laughs> but I, so I'm like, oh, I'm already speculating, making up my own stories of what could happen. And then when that came out, I did see that within a week of it opening. So I had gotten things back on track as far as my Star Wars fandom and absorbing the new stories as quickly as I could. So how did you, what was your take coming out of episode two? That's, you know, I don't. Not now, but then. Yeah, then all that, I walked out of it saying, I didn't think, if if I had used the restroom at the field scene, I would have been perfectly happy with it. But I <laughs> I, I walked out of it liking, I uh, I it kind of has a cliffhanger, not as much as Empire Strikes Back had, but it had one. So I was happy to see what happens next. I didn't, I had gone into it. I have friends that would see it opening weekend and they were telling me it was even worse than Phantom Menace. But I, I and I, it's hard not to put that on my head when I saw it. But when I saw it, I didn't really have that bad of a time watching it. I enjoyed it for what it was, save a few scenes. But I came out of it thinking that wasn't. That was all right. Um, now, you've seen episode two. You enjoy episode two. We're going through uh, to episode three. And now everybody knows this is the last time you're getting new Star Wars on the big screen. Right. This is it. It's over after this. Yes. Is this how you approached it? Uh, for the most part, I think. Yeah, I think I, I well, we certainly didn't know about what was going on now. But uh, yeah, I, I went into that knowing... This one was difficult. I knew it was going to be the last, but I also knew how everything was going to end because, at least going into it logically, it had to lead into episode four. So it was, it was as far as anticipating the story, not as I was, I wanted to see how they got there, but I kind of knew where the story was going. And that may have, the fact that it was going to be the last may have 
had a little bit to do with the I'm not as trumped up as I was last time for it as well. Were you not? No, um, not as much. I was trumped up for it. Don't get me wrong. I, I was eager to see it. Saw it within a week once again. Dragged my lovely wife along who had <laughs> absolutely no interest in seeing it whatsoever, but went went to see it. And yeah, just kind of, uh, I don't, don't want to say going through the motions, but uh, sitting, getting ready to see it. I wanted to see it. I wanted to know what happened, but I was also... I don't know. It was almost kind of like pre-preparing myself for where I was in 1983. I think I was already coming to the fact that I was going to be over before I knew it was over. Maybe I was preparing myself. Maybe there was some kind of psychological damage I wasn't aware of back in 83. <laughs> and I was subconsciously already putting myself in the right state of mind. I don't know. I hadn't really, hadn't really thought about it to this conversation. Now, you, you've seen it. You walk out. This is it. We're not seeing any more Star Wars on the big screen. Does it, I mean, does it hit you that that's the case at this point, or do you just, eh? No, yeah. It's like, again, it's, it's, I had known it going into it, and it was like, okay, that was, that, that was, that was that. Again, and, okay. But so it you really did go into 1983 mode. So, sort of, but I didn't shut the door completely the way I did in 83 because it's like, okay, that's it for the movies, but I'm, still a huge extended universe fan at this point so while the movies was over it wasn't over over the whole saga uh the whole world of the saga the whole galaxy of the saga so i came to terms quickly with no more movies but there wasn't the same feeling of walking away from it because i was just walking over to something else now you said you were still a huge expanded universe fan and you also said earlier you made it a point that you didn't have to buy all of the books. What made you buy a book? Usually, at this point, the... Well, I could, to an extent, the author. Um, i trying to think of who off the top of my head. I uh, can't even think of sight of any, any examples. <laughs> but the... Um, usually, I look at the... Uh, when they started doing the lengthy series, like the Legacy of the Force and... I think it was the fate of the Jedi and anything that was going to be episodic, I w would usually pick up mm. if it wasn't just a one, a one off most of the one off books, except for like a rare one, like death troopers or that's really the only one I can think of red, red harvest. That was actually not so good, but if it was going to be an episode, a series, that's the word I'm looking for. It was going to be a series of books. Then I, then I would definitely, definitely pick that up. So you liked the big canvas storytelling. Yes, absolutely. Yes. When does podcasting enter your life? That enters, oh boy, probably about eight years ago is when we did our very first podcast. My my two best friends still to this day named Dave and Quint, who I do a, a podcast about Trailer Park Boys with, are huge Apple fans and technology adapters. They adapt to everything instantly and quickly. They they are always early adapters, and they had got iPods and were downloading podcasts well before I even understood what it was, and they had actually gotten me started with podcasting and we had just done a we had tried done done doing a couple series one that was just like a general conversation series just to kind of get our feet wet then we started to do a, a a movie review of i don't even know what you would call them weird movies and then we started to really get things going when we started talking about reviewing things that we really liked instead of trying to force a subject and we started doing one about the trailer park boys show in canada and a lot of our other friends had listened to what we were doing and once we started doing a show we really enjoyed and they heard the passion in our voice they wanted to get in on it and we started a movie about or i mean a, a podcast about movies in the 80s 
And then all of us, the Star Wars fans I mentioned early on in this conversation, Tim, Chris, and Dave, finally had, we'd come back uh, together and decided, or yeah, well, we decided to do a Star Wars podcast. And that is what always had started out was, and is today, Star Wars in character. So it's kind of the same friends that I reignited Star Wars with back in the special editions coming back around and picking up the conversations we had back then in the late 90s. And what led you to kind of adopt the format that you've adopted for Star Wars in character? That was, I think, mostly their idea. They had, they knew I would want to be part of it, but they needed me for the technology part of it. And they already had hammered out the idea. If you ever talk to them, you might get a better story out of it. So I, I really don't know what their disca- their discussions were that led to the final product. Because they pitched it to me pretty much as anyone would download any episode. And if you were to describe it to someone, that's how it was described to me. So I wasn't really part of the planning process. I just said, hey, we want to do a Star Wars podcast we need your help technically and we know you'd want to be on the show here's what we're talking about we're going to talk about these background characters that and uh, that you everyone would recognize but don't know anything about and then we're going to find out all about them and then we're going to wrap it up with some trivia so that we can engage people and get them to play along because i've heard it on this that and the other show yada 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 and i was like that sounds awesome when do we start so that's really where i jumped into the whole planning process star wars and podcasting leads to a star wars podcast and somehow this leads to the artmore project how yes. did that happen that is uh well we had made we had gone to conventions in philly for every year for a couple of years and a couple here in orlando but in philadelphia we had made friends with some members of the 501st and the rebel legion and they were going to this event called the winter festival in in the philadelphia area and they and it was a star wars themed toys for tots toy drive and they said oh, you guys should should come on out we're like well no one wants to see just us we're, we're nobody but we we'd certainly want to do something so we just asked flat out for donations like hey we're going to this toy drive we'd love to bring a ton of star wars toys if you want to donate here's a paypal link and we raised i think 750 dollars and we we're able to get 100 toys which looked impressive it's really nice yeah 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 and to just by asking for money so then the next year the next year i was like i would i let's let's try to top that but let's do something special and i and i had been communicating with the mandalorian mercs here and i was going to start doing some remote recordings with them which still I, i'm dragging my feet on that two years later but i had wanted to make a a gear pack that kind of fit in that looked like I was with the Merc. So I was trying to, I was researching on how to make Mandalorian armor and I found a way to make it through these plastic sheets and went, oh, you know what? And right, I, I like turned right in my head. I was like, I'm going to make this armor and I'll get the four of us to paint something. And I bet you we could probably raise a couple hundred bucks from our listeners just as a fluke. Well, we started telling people that we were doing that and then people who actually had artistic talent said, oh, I'll do one for you. And okay, I'll give you one. And hmm. next thing you know, we went from the four of us to 40 of us and we had we had got in contact with an online auctioneer who was absolutely fabulous who had done all his services for free and made a huge event out of it and turned these 40 pieces 40 pieces of plastic basically cut in a shape that everyone knows into ten thousand dollars in three hours it was amazing wow so that's and that was and it all led from just you know a, a, like i said just trying to 
bring some Star Wars toys to Toys for Tots. And we turned that cash into toys and brought, uh, ironically, although I'm sure it was, I, I, Chris got the final number. I think it was a little manufactured, but 1,138 toys to the, <laughs> to the event last year. And, and we're, we're, we're doing it again this year. We have a new group of artists and the things are just the, the items that are being turned in. They're starting to come in now because the, the deadline to bring them in is, is this Saturday, this coming Saturday. And they're just absolutely phenomenal. It's just amazing. The work some of these people are doing, but you've found a way to turn your fandom and your podcasting into something that benefits people in need. Yep, I would have never thought. That. In fact, um, oh, you know, I didn't even mention this. It is a, it's a fully fledged five hundred one three C now. It's a nonprofit organization. It's, it's not the Artmore Project's name. We actually fly it under the News as Creative Foundation, but the Artmore Project is home to that nonprofit. So it's a fully realized company now that we are planning to really do some expansion with next year in all kinds of areas. So yeah, this is you're right. Just something that I love and. We love podcasting, and we reached out to some people. Has just grown into something no one <laughs> ever, ever anticipated doing. Now, you mentioned earlier that you dragged your wife to episode three. <laughs> she didn't care. How, how has your and you know I've seen her at the cons. She's very much there. She's very supportive. You wouldn't know she was somebody who was dragged <laughs> to a Star Wars uh, film. How have your friends and family reacted to your Star Wars fandom? Oh, she's my my wife. She's she enjoys Star Wars like any average person, like normal people do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but she really enjoys the time of getting to meet people. She enjoys talking to Chris, Dave, and Tim. She enjoyed talking to you, Scott, and Bill. She really enjoys the interaction. She enjoys the people that this fandom I have that I've met. She enjoys meeting them too. She just would much rather be talking about all kinds of things in just star wars so she she's yeah she, she's a really great sport with it and she she enjoys the lifestyles too extreme but she enjoys she enjoys the fun we have with it for sure what is your favorite part of your star wars collection what is the one thing that you have that is just that, that's kind of your you know the lost ark it's it's not even anything that's rare or even expensive, but it's if someone were to take it away from from me, there'd be a problem, and that's my CDs of the NPR radio dramas. I listen to those <laughs> at least twice a year, if not more. I love those things, and uh, they're copied on my computer, so they're digital now. But if they were to go away, there'd be a real problem. I love those. What is it about the radio dramas that that gets to you? It's the expansion of the stories that I know front to back. The first time I heard them, they turned two hours into eight hours. And in Empire, they turned two and a half hours into six hours. That was awesome. It's a well-told story. I love, I love, I think I arguably, not even arguably, I think, I don't think it's a question in my mind. I love audio more than visual. And I could listen to a well-done radio drama much and enjoy much more of it than a movie. So as much as I love Star Wars, uh, this just is another great version of that story that I love just as much. I'm not going to say in this case I love it more than movies, but I love it just as much. So I, I enjoy the the quality of the story. I love the the quality of the the, the production of it, the the performances. There's, I can't really tell you one thing I don't like about it, other than that I I would like to see the prequels done. Even though I'm not a big <laughs> prequel fan. I'm a little upset that there's not a prequel version of those. Who, who do you get to do it, James Lucino? 
Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because Brian Daly unfortunately passed away right before they released I, the yeah, Jedi one. I think the day they finished recording, he passed yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. So no, I don't. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I can't give you a straight up answer. That's one I actually might really think about and post on the post on your board later as a follow up. Okay. Uh, now, but speaking of the radio show, when did you first hear it? When did you first hear about it? I it was uh, the PBS station that we had gotten in the Philadelphia market had talked about it because I think the NPR station was out of the same building. And I didn't hear the first airing of it. I heard the second airing. They had played when they did the second airing of it. They do two episodes at a time. So I heard it over a course of four weekends. So I missed the first airing, but the second airing I heard and I recorded it. And oh, man, that station was so freaking hard to get in. So like every every once in a while, almost every recording, if not every recording, it would just like you'd be like uh, you'd hear uh for instance, uh, when I left you, I was but a learner. Now I'm, and it's like just the, the station going out of tune. So that's what I had for the longest time until they were finally released um, on the market. I wore out those recordings. My parents had gotten me the tapes for Star Wars. That was the first one released. I wore those out. Then Empire was the first CD I have, and I actually mm -hmm. still have those. And the Jedi, I bought the Jedi CDs, and eventually. Uh, I don't know what, 10 years ago they came out with the, the special edition pack which isn't really, the shows aren't any different but there's some extra things on there on, on, on another disc I believe but I, that is the one, that's kind of my master set now, those are the ones I digitized and I've gone from computer to computer for like a decade now, so those, <laughs> those are the ones I've been listening to I know, it's one of my favorite things in the world I love I love Brian Daly, period Yes. so, I mean, I loved his, his solo trilogy and my yeah, my friend had that uh, had kind of launched my reintroduction or my my rekindled my relationship with Star Wars. Had handed me he had he was as much as I was into it. He may have been a step further story wise. He handed me the Brian Daly book soon after that night of watching, and I remember just zipping through that. And I'm not a fast reader. I sit there and 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 it'll take me a little longer than the average person to get through a book. But that not that one. That mm. one I zip through. What has Star Wars brought to your life? that you never expected oh for sure uh the the charity work i mean i the, the, we had just discussed this the fact that i spend a, a, a not to toot my own horn by any means i'm just going to say that the armor practice is a tremendous amount of work i spend a lot of time on it but i and then ultimately for myself if you really want to be super not superficial but if you want to there's nothing physical to show for it i end up giving it all away but i enjoy every minute i pour into it and the work to get the actual nonprofit going was a ridiculous amount of work and a big headache but i'm glad i did it because now it opens up new doors and all of that the work for essentially someone else the jumping through hoops through paperwork is not like me in any respect that is not me so that is the, the fact that i did it and did it willingly and am having fun doing it there's no way you could have ever told any version of myself up till three years ago that i was going to be doing this that i would ever believe you because that is just not me where is your star wars story now uh, that's you know it's I, not the cheat, but I listened to your other episodes and knew that was coming, and I've been trying to work on an answer. And I guess I don't, I I don't 
really know. Um, it's, I think I'm just, it's where it's, there's, it's always going to be there and everything that comes, uh, there's going to be things I like and things I don't like. And I think it's all coming down to what it always was before. I want more and some I'm going to like, and some I don't. So there's always going to be that quest to find out, to know what happens next. And I don't think that's ever going to change. And I'm very excited that there's new things coming and I'm at the same time, very trepidatious, but I am as eager to find out as I was between empire and Jedi and between Sith and we are now. So I'm not sure if I'm giving a even logical answer, but it's, it's, I think, I think as far, I think the root of it is where it's always been. It's, it's just always waiting for more and anxious for it and looking forward to it. Matt Hunsworth is one of the four co-hosts of the Star Wars In Character podcast, one of many podcasts distributed through neozaz.com. The 2014 Artmore Project auction will be held Sunday, December 7th at 6.10 p.m. Eastern and will be hosted at thebigtoyauction.com. For more information, visit neozaz.com slash artmore, A-R-T-M-O-R. To tell your Star Wars story, email your contact information to story at mystarwarsstory.com. Like My Star Wars Story on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. If you liked My Star Wars Story, please be sure to leave a review in the iTunes store. It'll help more people find the podcast. Join us next month when Marvel Comics Star Wars writer David Michelinie will share his Star Wars Story. Thank you for listening to My Star Wars Story, and thank you for being a part of Generation Star Wars.